Hello, everyone. Welcome to the special episode of For the Love of Books podcast featuring indie and small press authors with host author Emma Polova. I would like to thank our sponsors, Doc Chavent and the Lowell Ledger. Today, I will be chatting with an amazing woman, a friend author, the one and only Joan Young of Scottville, Michigan. Congratulations on your huge achievement. Joan is a long-distance hiker and a prolific author, blogger, and an avid photographer. She has conquered the North Country Trail twice, which is an unprecedented feat. She finished hiking the NCT on June 18, 2023, at Timber Creek after 18 months and 18 days on the trail, averaging 13.2 miles per day. Hello, Joan. How are you on this lovely summer day? Hello. Well, it's starting to rain here, so that yeah. would be good. <laughs> that would be good. We need the rain, right? Yes, we do. Okay. What does it feel like to be a two-time champion on the same trail? <laughs> well, I just feel like me. Um, it was it was an awesome experience, but I... I like to hike and I just got to hike my favorite place again. <laughs> okay. Why is NCT your favorite trail? What do you like about it, about the North Country Trail? Well, I discovered this trail in 1988. And before that, um, frankly, the only long trail I even knew anything about was the Appalachian Trail. Sure. And then I discovered that it's a that the North Country Trail is a national <clears throat> is a national scenic trail, just like the Appalachian Trail, and so are a number of other trails. And I, of course, I live in Michigan now, so I'm closer to the North Country Trail, mm -hmm. and I started trying to learn more about it and finally hiked a few pieces of it and I discovered that it is a trail with all kinds of diversity of experiences. Uh, mm -hmm. National scenic trails are meant to showcase not only uh, natural and scenic features but also historic and cultural features and the North Country Trail really really does that. There, There's lots and lots of beautiful scenery but there are also incredible places of historic interest and uh, cultural, which I guess is history that hasn't gotten old yet. Um, all, all along the way, I love it. Oh yeah, sounds like it. Uh, why did you decide to hike the trail again in December of 2021? What were your goals and desires? Well, I, I really knew that I wanted to hike it again when I finished it the first time, which was in 2010, but I wasn't sure how I could pull that off logistically. So the idea had just kind of been percolating in the back of my mind. And I suddenly realized I woke up in the middle of the night one night and realized that uh, I could do it. What I wanted to do was a continuous hike, which, of course, in the end, I didn't actually get to do. But I, I that was what I wanted to do was do a continuous hike. But I knew that I couldn't hike 25 miles a day, which is what you really need to do to avoid deep winter on mm -hmm. the trail. 
So I realized that if I started, um, you know, in mid Michigan, which is basically where I live. So I, I could start near my home and hike trail East, which takes you South through Ohio. And if I would start that say early winter, I would be spending the winter months in Ohio. And if I could hike fast enough, then I would not hit deep winter in any of the really northern places like the Adirondacks of New York and Vermont and North Dakota and Minnesota and the Upper Peninsula. So that was my goal. Um, I did not pull that off. I finally got uh, bogged down by the snow in the Upper Peninsula. But um, I took our little seasonal break and went back and finished. Yep, you finished it, right? Right. Uh, when did you when did you start physically preparing for your hike? Oh, I think spring of twenty twenty one. You like walk ten miles every day, or no, not every day. I tried oh. to walk ten miles a few times a week. Okay, and I my biggest concern. I I knew I could hike fifteen miles at a stretch, but I didn't know if I could do it day after day. Yes. Uh, so I took a couple of like two day backpacking trips that were 14 to 15 miles a day. Mm -hmm. and I didn't come home you know, totally beat up. So I knew I could do a, at least a few days in a row. But mm -hmm. the only way to find out if you can do it for weeks in a row is give it a try. <laughs> give it a try. <laughs> That's what I thought. Okay. As far as your. Uh, your physical preparations. Uh, tell us about Teeny and Sunny. <laughs> your buddies, Teeny, your backpack, right? That was oh, Teeny, yeah, Teeny and Sunny. Okay. <laughs> well, pounds, right? okay. So <laughs> my backpack that I used on the first hike was basically worn out. And so I wanted, I had to, I had to get a new one and I wanted to get one that weighed a little bit less. Um, but, uh, I don't care for a lot of the modern backpacks that are nothing but a, like a pillowcase with a string and a couple of straps on them. So I got some advice from Jennifer Farr Davis, who, um, is a well-known hiker. She held the fastest known time on the Appalachian trail for a while. Um, and I got a, a pack that at least has a few pockets, um, and, uh, it's a Gossamer gear. I can't tell you the model right now. Um, oh, that's okay. If you, if you want that, I'll, I'll no, get it. No, no, that's fine. I just wanted to okay. throw in some funny. Uh, well, some people <laughs> like to know that stuff. Anyway, yeah. so about the time that I got that, I discovered, this is amazing that I never knew about this book. Robert Louis Stevenson was one of the first people to, I guess you would say, well, he didn't backpack because he had, he had a little donkey, but he made a sleeping bag. This is before sleeping bags existed. Yes. And he wrote this little book called Travels with a Donkey in the Savans. And 
it's a wonderful little book. <laughs> and in fact, they've they've now made his route into a into a trail in France that you can <laughs> that you can walk. So the donkey's name, she was little and gray, and her name was Modestine. So my pack is named Modestine, but that's much too cumbersome. So she's teeny. So oh, teeny. And how about Sunny? Yep. Okay. Well, Sunny <laughs> is Sunny is a little fiberglass travel trailer that I bought a number of years ago and uh, finally started refurbishing. And I decided that I needed to finish that project so that I could use it for a support vehicle on this hike. Uh, I did decide that I wasn't going to backpack the whole trail. So mm -hmm. my concession to my age was that I had this little little trailer that I could sleep in most nights. Right. Um, and actually the trailer's name is Rolling in the Sunshine. Um, but that got nicknamed or you know shortened. <laughs> Short. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. How about uh, the logistics of the hike? How did you plan the routes and all the paperwork on some of the pictures? You stand uh, with your, not even maps, but with your paperwork. Did you have to change a lot of stuff? Oh, all the time. All the um, time. The, the biggest challenge to taking a long hike on the North Country Trail is the planning and the logistics. I... I like doing that kind of stuff. So um, it's less of a burden to me than to some people. Some people just throw up their hands in horror. Mm -hmm. But that said, there are a lot more resources than there used to be. Right. There, there is an online interactive map at northcountrytrail.org. Mm -hmm. There are also maps you can download and print. Mm -hmm. Um. There are two electronic apps that have the official line of the map. Um, a lot of the trail apps that you can get for your phone are, are crowdsourced. So the line of the trail is put on there by somebody that hiked it. Okay. But uh, this trail changes so often. Um, there's just a lot of it that isn't a you know officially built yet. And so there, but there are at least two apps, Avenza and far out that carry the official trail line. So if you use one of those, you're going to know that you have the actual map of the trail. Um, in addition to that, you there's still, you have to do an awful lot of research on your own as far as places that you can legally camp if you're going to, if you're going to backpack. Mm -hmm. I managed to get around that a lot by using my trailer and I was almost always hosted by someone uh, local who let me park in their yard, their driveway, whatever, and plug in. So that was, that was great. That's amazing. Okay. Let's talk about the mental capacity to do this. What does it take to complete the daunting 4,850? 15-mile trek. What kind of a character do you have to be? What kind of a personality? A bit, yeah, a little bit nuts. A little. <laughs> um, that said, you know, when I when I first started hiking this trail, way back in, well, I took my first hike on it in 1991, 
So I think it was 1995 when I decided that I wanted to do the whole thing. And frankly, we hardly ever saw anybody hiking this trail. Uh, people didn't know about it. They didn't know it existed. Uh, it could be, we literally found people who, that the trail went right past their driveway and they didn't even know it was there. So yeah. from that, we have come to the point where we now have in most any given year, two or three people who are trying to hike the whole thing. And there are bunches and bunches of people who are attempting to finish a state or maybe do multiple states, but not, not all at one long shot, you know, they're doing it in sections. Mm -hmm. So the trail is much better known than it used to be. But the, the thing that's really daunting about this trail is that it's twice as long as any of the, what's usually called the big three trails, the Appalachian Trail, the Continental Divide and the Pacific Crest. And you, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to get your head around the fact Nice. that unless you can hike 25 or 30 miles a day, which a, a, a number of really young, healthy people are doing, you're mm -hmm. going to be out there for months. And I mean, you're going to be out there for months anyway, mm -hmm. but you're going to, you're not going to be out there for 10 months. You're going to be out there for 12 months or 16 months or 18 months, you know, um, <laughs> it's just uh, a huge chunk of your life. So it's basically time commitment, right? You have well, to make that It's time. a time commitment. And, and one huge difference between doing section hikes and doing a continuous hike is if you're doing section hikes, you can say, oh, well, North Dakota is really hot, but I hear it's nice in September. Let's go to North Dakota in September. Oh, and, okay. Um, the black flies in the Upper Peninsula are really horrible in May. Let's not go in May. Let's go in June or July. Okay. Mm -hmm. But if you are just, if you're hiking a continuous hike, you take whatever weather is there when you're there. So what kind of weather extremes have you encountered? Let's say the hottest and the coldest and in which locations? Well, the coldest, believe it or not, was in Southern Ohio. It was six below zero one morning. What's um, up with that, Southern Ohio? <laughs> well, it was it was February, I think. But and, and the snow wasn't deep. It was just that morning was really, really cold. Uh, it warmed up, you know, type maybe 20. I don't know exactly, but it, you know, it warmed up during the day enough that it, it, we weren't freezing all day. Yeah. Um, and the hottest was uh, several days in North Dakota that were over a hundred. How did you handle that? You had to splash water from the canal from the yeah, garrison. I don't, I don't do heat very well. I'd much rather. I don't cold. either. Yeah. Um, but that section uh, on that section, uh, the trail runs right alongside of the Garrison Diversion Canal, which is for irrigation, and mm -hmm. you can get to the water. So I just took one of my bottles that I didn't mind if I had dirty water in it and just okay. filling it up and dumping it over my head. And I, well, I actually, I took my shirt off and got it wet and then put it back on. So Put it back on. <laughs> what was the most difficult part of the trail and why? 
Oh gosh. Uh, you need to define difficult. I mean, difficult. Okay. All right. Uh, maybe elevation on a terrain vice. Okay. Consider the elevation and terrain. Yes. Um, well, for just plain amount of elevation change that you're going to do in a day, mm -hmm. surprisingly to many people, that would be Western New York. Western New York. Yep, yep. Okay. You're going to, you know, the Finger Lakes in New York were mm -hmm. carved by glaciers, uh, and they're these long, narrow valleys, mm -hmm. and the valleys extend beyond the lakes where there's water. And if you've if you've ever crossed New York State from east to west, mm -hmm. you know that there's only one place in that entire state that's level, and that is where the thruway is which is north of the Finger Lakes. Okay. And the trail is south of the Finger Lakes. So you have to go over every single one of those ridges. And you are likely in, in, in one day to go over three, two or three, or I don't know if I did four, but there are a lot of days with three mm -hmm. ridges that are anywhere from a 500 to a 900 foot climb, each one and descent. Oh, wow. So, so you're just going to be going up and down and up and down. And um, so that's, that's where you're going to hit the biggest elevation changes in, in a short amount of time. But as far as, rugged terrain you're you're probably going to hit that most in the minnesota arrowhead which is which includes the kakakabic trail the border route trail and the superior hiking trail because there are a lot of rocks and you're you're going to be doing um the climbs are only like 200 to 300 feet each but you're going to be doing some some rock scrambling i mean nothing nothing technical you know you don't need mm -hmm. ropes or anything but but you're going to be doing some climbing Okay. And the opposite, the easiest part, where was it really flat? Um, well, there's only, there's only two, there are only two places on this whole trail that are absolutely dead level. And one of them is the remains of the Great Black Swamp in Northwestern Ohio, which sort of spills over into lower Michigan. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's really flat. Not, and in addition to just the terrain being flat, Western Ohio, the trail follows a former canal towpath, which, you know, canals, except for when they went up about 10 feet at a time or down in a lock, they had to be absolutely level. So mm -hmm. that's, that's quite flat. And then the other place that's really flat on the trail is uh, the remains of glacial Lake Agassiz, which preceded Lake Superior. And you find that in Western Minnesota and Eastern North Dakota. People think North Dakota is just, you know, like a dead level plain. It's really yes. not. It has, it has a number of little rolling hills, but the, the very Eastern part and where it connects to Minnesota, that that is the um, where that glacial lake filled in. That's that's really flat. Mm -hmm. uh, how about some major challenges, and how did you overcome them? Something that really made you rethink your 
hike. <laughs> and she maybe <laughs> wanted to get off the trail. Anything well, like that happened to you? <laughs> no, the only time that I really had to rethink what I was doing was when I had to decide to come home for that seasonal break. Yeah. Because um, it must just, have been difficult, right? Well, it was it was really disappointing. Uh I I really wanted to continue, but right. the we got we got shot out of a section in in the western UP that's called the Trap Hills, which is really the hilliest piece of trail in all of Michigan. Mm -hmm. um, there there are there are some other hills, but it's a lot of continuous uh, ups and downs for about oh, I don't know, probably 50, 50 to 60 miles. And the, um, about the middle of November, I, I was still west of the Trap Hills. The snow, a big snowstorm hit. Mm -hmm. And I was in, at that time, I was in the Porcupine Mountain Wilderness State Park. And they immediately closed all the park roads. Well, and we were using them for access. So okay. um, we decided to go east and try to get ahead of that snow. So we did. We went we went east of the Trap Hills all the way to Ishpeming and arrived there just in time to be in a major, major snowstorm there. But we still had hopes that the, you know, that maybe it wasn't, the real winter setting in mm -hmm. um, yes but it was <laughs> so that storm the storm at Ishpeming that that snow did melt quite a bit uh almost completely in fact and so I was able to keep working my way east uh we I think we took two days off uh but then it warmed up and, and I was able to keep going east but the snow never melted in that western section that I'd skipped, and it just kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. And uh, a friend and I even considered backpacking, winter backpacking that. But we decided in the end, partly because of the hills and partly because, uh, I mean, we would have had to, we would have had to pull sleds. We couldn't have just backpacked it. Um, and the fact, <clears throat> excuse me, and the fact that my gear, my gear is really aimed at three seasons. It's not, it's not full right. winter gear. And I would have to buy a lot of new stuff to be able to backpack in, in real winter. So we decided that was kind of foolish. So at that point, there was, there was no way that I could finish the hike until, the western up opened up again so you know it's the up we all know what happens up there they don't get spring till may may yeah if you're lucky so i kept monitoring uh well so we continued on across the eastern up mm -hmm. <clears throat> but then finally um there was enough snow on the ground that i was needing to use snowshoes and it was slowing me down to the point that since I couldn't do that piece in the Western UP until at least May, May at the earliest, 
Right. It just didn't make sense to keep slogging through the snow. So I, right. I came home for a break. And then to finish the Western UP story, the <laughs> they had this 40 inches of snow on the ground. And then they had a week of temperatures that were super high. All the snow melted. It flooded everything. Culverts got washed out. And every single county that we needed to hike in the Western UP got added to the governor's list of counties that she wanted to have um, claimed as disaster areas. So, so we couldn't do it till June. Oh, oh, really? Until June? You went back in June? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> and actually, um, even then, we there was one road we were driving down it said the road was closed but we could we decided to just go down and see what that really meant right. and they were literally they were literally just filling in the culverts uh well they'd replaced the culverts but filling in the the dirt above them uh that had yeah. been washed out by those floods so we told them what we were doing and they said, yeah, you're good. You can go ahead. But if you'd been here yesterday, you couldn't have. You couldn't have done it. Right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So do you hike the bridge or how do you get across the, the strait? Well, if you, if you get there um, on any day other than Labor Day, of course, they're going to take you across. in a, okay. in a But um we decided a number of years ago that you could you could count an end-to-end -end hike of the trail without doing the bridge. All right. But but that said, I've done the bridge twice, so mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I'm not going to be home for Labor Day this week or this year, so I can't I can't do it again this year. But I, I have done it twice, so I guess that counts for my two that hikes. Counts. You've done it yeah. all. <laughs> that does count. All right, let's talk about your support team. And the interesting places where you stayed. Uh, how many people hiked with you? But um, mostly you hiked in solitude by yourself, right? I, you know, I just added that up this morning. There okay. were 169 days that somebody hiked with me. All right. Um, so... I think that's just over half that I hiked alone. Okay. Um, the number of people that hiked with me, hold on, I can get that. Um, about 45 other people hiked with me for uh, full days or multiple days. Okay. There were, there were a number of people that, that hiked maybe you know, a couple of miles with me or something like that. But um, it's about 45 people that hiked uh, at least one full day. Okay. All right. So you also managed to write about your daily experiences. How did you do that when you, sometimes you didn't have Wi-Fi or the signals so you had to backdate the posts or how did you do the whole writing about your adventure? Well, blogging every night has become kind of as close as I ever get to a habit. I've been blogging for 15 years. Mm -hmm. So it's just what part of what I do in the evening. 
but um, when I when I was backpacking, I, I think there were only a couple of nights where I was in the trailer and I couldn't get any signal. But when I was backpacking, I couldn't I couldn't uh, right. log. Mm-hmm because the reason I was backpacking was because it was a section that was so far back in the uh, back country that, you know, there just wasn't any signal. So for those sections, I did catch up later and, you know, you can backdate the post so that I, it, it shows up that they were on the day that I hiked it. Cause otherwise it gets really confusing for people to figure it out. Right. And you also did your own photography. Yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. And is there a divine message in your hiking? Well, um, I, I like to say that, you know, everybody says that I'm amazing. I'm not amazing. Yes, you are. Come no, on. No, 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 Come no. On. God is, God is amazing. All I had to do was get up every day and put one foot in front of the other and draw on that amazing source. Okay. And I'm just, I'm just like you. I just get up and put on my clothes and go take one step at a time. Um, no, 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 no. You're too humble, Joan. You're too humble. It's the truth. It's the truth. So my message is that that amazing source of strength is available to all of us. Right. I'm determined. I'm obstinate and ornery and... um. Once I get a hold of an idea, I don't like to let it go. But other than that, I just get up and put my one foot in front of the other. So do you think anyone can do this, what you have accomplished? I mean, that's quite a feat. Anyone can do that? Okay. There are there are sections that people with physical difficulties are gonna are gonna have trouble with and not be able to do. But let me tell you about. Uh, a program that the North Country Trail Association mm-hmm. started, I believe seven years ago, I'd have to go count my patches, mm-hmm. but it's called the Hike 100 Challenge. And this is the best idea they've ever come up with. Mm-hmm. If you hike 100 miles of the North Country Trail mm-hmm. in a calendar year, and mm-hmm. they don't have to be different miles, if you, you know, if the trail follows a sidewalk on your way to work, you can count that half mile every day really over and over and over again (laughs) but it's got to add up it's got to add up to 100 or more miles in a calendar year you get a patch and the patch is different every year so Mm -hmm. you know some of us want all the patches right Um, (laughs) and they have had such an amazing response to this they're getting like over 3000 people that sign up every year and over a thousand that complete it. Now that's, that's just the lead into the answer to your question. There have been several stories already of people with significant health issues who decided that they could do that, that if they could hike, you know, a half a mile a day or even a mile a day, and I shouldn't use the word hike even that they could walk that far and have one lady in particular from 
northern Ohio, she really couldn't get out of her wheelchair when she started, except, you know, to transfer to a different chair and get in a car or something. And she's now gotten the hike 100 patch for several years. And I think she's up to walking five miles at a time. So that's, that's a cool program. I like that. It's a cool program. And yeah. it, uh, it fits right in with my personal motto, which is hiking cures everything. And it also sort of answers your question. Can anybody do this? Right. Probably not anyone could go hike, hike it end to end, but anyone can hike parts of it. Parts of it, right. So you yeah. believe that walking is the solution to everything, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I sort of say that in jest, <laughs> I like but I haven't, you know, I haven't found a lot of things it won't fix. <laughs> Okay, cool. So what have you learned about yourself from hiking this trail again that you <sighs> didn't know before about yourself? Any, I mean, you're determined, you're goal-oriented, you finish everything, right? Despite the fact that you say you never finished anything in your life, but you finish everything. Oh, I don't finish everything. <laughs> I, my my poor mother... Um, I, I have more unfinished projects than you can imagine. And that was like so upsetting to her. Um, oh, okay. We're kind of running out of time. What would you like to leave our listeners with your parting shot? Get off the couch. Get off the couch. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Yes. Get off the couch, everyone. And my parting shots are write indie, buy indie, and read indie. Read your local newspapers for inspiration. Keep your fingers on the keyboard and get off the couch. Bye. Thank you for listening. Thank you.